Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From his undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. That's a big gift. You better open it. Open it. Open it, monkey. Uh, I see the box already. What do you think it is? I don't know. I don't even have an idea yet. I think you're gonna like it. I don't know. That's a big box. What's that? Do you have room for this? What's in there? What is it? What is it? Oh my god! And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It is the 24th of December, year of our Lord, 2018. Early Merry Christmas on Christmas Eve. Got my cocoa. That intro was once again one of those beautiful videos that you find on social media of a daddy coming home early. He's in the military and of course the child opened the present. And it just makes you want to cry. All the people on here just cracked me up when I found this. Why is Twitter constantly trying to make me feel today? Stop. I lost it at the subtle dad. As a man, I wept tears of masculine confusion as to why I was crying. Things like this get me every time. It's such a blessing. Because unfortunately for every one of these, someone is sitting across a table from a seat. One of our men and women in uniform should be occupying. And that's true. That's why to this day, we always have an empty plate at our table on Christmas. In the background, you're going to hear Christmas music. I'm going to have it subtly playing throughout this. We're going to go over today uh, movies, music, TV shows, and then we're going to settle. The biggest argument that there is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Eh. If I hand the mic over to the better half, you just don't want to hear the curses that will come out of her mouth because she is emphatically for Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is. In line with this article, I found another one. When five-year-old dad gets deployed, boy asks one question neighbor can't ignore. And basically, daddy is in the Air Force, and this little boy always mows the lawn with him. So after about three or four months, he goes next door and he asks an elderly man, which means me, in the 50s, hey, can you mow the lawn with me? So from that point on, they start mowing the lawn together on his John Deere, because the little boy loves John Deere tractors. And I thought that was very sweet for, um, you know, 
They don't know them. They're not kin, but they did it anyway. Some fast facts from a liberal site, which is why I'm kind of doing it, because it just cracks me up. One, okay, the number one stat, 9 in 10 Americans, 90% and 95% of Christians say they celebrate Christmas, according to a new Pew Research Center. While these figures have generally held recent or steady in recent years, the role of religion in Christmas celebrated appear to be declining. Today, 46% of Americans say they celebrate Christmas as a religious rather than cultural holiday, down from 51% in 2013. With millennials less likely than other adults to say that celebrate Christmas in a religious way. A majority of U.S. adults, 56, also say religious aspect of Christmas are emphasized less in American society today than in the past. And that's a true statement. Um, you know, when you really break it down, it seems that over my lifetime, religion has been cast out. As I've said on the show, and I'm trying really hard today not to make this a political show, it has a lot to do with Democrats and their secular thoughts. And for you to support half the stuff they did, you really could never have read the Bible or the Koran or anything like that because that's just not what it is. So I think it's by design. I think the media has always frayed away from religion. You know, I watched this movie called King of Kings, one of my favorite, 1961. That's what Jesus looked like to me when I was growing up in my head. And that movie was shocking because up to that point, we were such a religious society. The depiction of Jesus Christ with a human was taboo. I mean, it was just wrong. Um, It just wasn't what you're supposed to do. So up until that point in the first King of King movie in the 20s, they never depicted Jesus. Jesus wasn't depicted. So I, I think over time now, if, if you look at the Passion of the Christ, God's not dead. There is still a religious element in this country. I think it's more than the surveys say. And they wholeheartedly watch these movies. But big budget production companies aren't going to do them because they don't believe religion's an important thing in America anymore because all these liberal papers, that's what they're going to do. Um, but to be brutally honest, I do in my family recognize the day we read the story from Luke and Matthew and I always read both verses and yeah, we recognize it is, but somehow, some way it has been taken away from that. And it is a day to give Christmas presents to people and bring joy to people and joy your family and the light. So, I mean, it, it is one of these one of these holidays that started as a religious thing, but over time, I hate to use the word, but we bastardized it. And we really have. I mean, we've made it something bigger than it is. Thus, Black Friday. Um, and I can't say I'm not part of it. Uh, there's a crap load of presents going to be dumped under a tree tonight for my wife. Sure, it's because I love her and that's what you're supposed to do. But I didn't go out and buy those because it's Jesus' birthday. So, you know, they have a point. All right, next one is blank. When they go to store, which greeting do Americans prefer? Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays? For some, this could be a sensitive question, but an increasing number of Americans do not seem to have strong feelings either way. About a half of America, 52%, now say it doesn't matter, up from 46 in, 20, or in 2012. 
32 choose Merry Christmas down considerably from 42. Once again, I don't agree with that. Um, reading all the angst off the Merry Christmas this year, yeah, no. Then there's a th- part in here that I'm not going to cover. Holiday displays like nativities on grounds. There's still a big push from the liberal part of this country that that's taboo, church and state. But the Supreme Court already ruled on it. You, you can do it. It's not, it's a holiday. So that's why most states have a Three Kings Day, a Kwanzaa shit. They got menorahs. They, they've checked all the blocks. But there's nothing wrong with, with a government putting some Christmas lights up. Four, Americans have long argued about whether nativity scenes or other religious holiday displays on public property violate the Establishment Clause of the U.S. Constitution. See, this article hit it twice, and the Supreme Court said it's okay. Five, most Americans believe that elements of the biblical Christmas story reflect actual history events, although the percentage expressing this view has dropped. Two-thirds say Jesus was born in a virgin compared with 73%. 75% believe he was laid in a manger down from 81. And I'm not going through the rest. But, you know, the whole purpose of this article was to dog Christianity and say this whole holiday is ridiculous. And I, once again, have said forever, if you could believe, you know, sex, ethnicity is a construct, dogging the concept of a Virgin Mary... I just laugh in your face. If you can believe a bunch of rocks ran into each other out in space and made this planet, but dog people who say God created the planet, I I think it's a draw. I mean, if you're an educated person and you intellectually break it down, both those concepts are a stretch unless you have faith. And that's what this is about, faith. Christmas to me is about faith and believing and joy. Yeah. Hope that nobody's listened to this with their, with their kids. Santa was a guy a long time ago, but Santa doesn't jump in a sleigh and fly around. But in my heart, I still keep a little Christmas joy that the big man's up there tonight and he's going to do it. I'm his helper, but he's still doing it. Because what's wrong with that? That's the joy of Christmas. The joy of Christmas is having a tree that's empty and waking up the next day and it's clogged full of stuff. Stockings are hung somewhere in the house with care and they're full of stuff. For me, Christmas has always been that. I came from a moderately poor family. We always had great Christmases. And raising my children and now with my wife, There must be stuff under the tree because I am a Christmas nut. I'm just a Christmas nut. I love Christmas. I always have. I love the lights. I love the magic. And I love bringing joy to people by buying something. So uh, that's, or doing something nice or making a nice meal, whatever. Um, I also like the humanitarian aspect that come out in everybody. You donate, you put money in the pot, you buy turkeys for the homeless. There was a stretch when I was a rich man that I was buying turkeys for every poor person in my 13 stores and I was donating five turkeys to the Rockstar Association so that the soldiers could get Christmas baskets. Last year when I was in a community center, 
I bought five kids presents and they weren't cheap shit from video games to guitars. And I donated five turkeys. I'm not an aberration. I'm not this philatranth. You know what I mean. It's a witch person handing out the coin. Everybody does it. That's the beauty of Christmas. You want to give to others. You want to bring joy to other people. So, they can make their stats say whatever they want. The reality is, this is the majority Christian country. And the majority of us believe this is the birth of Jesus Christ. And we have taken that holiday and now said, well, we're not going to give presents to Jesus. We're going to give them to everybody else. And we're going to enjoy doing it. Let's move on to the next subject, which is White Christmas. White Christmas is defined by one inch of snow on the ground the 25th. Areas near the Canadian border of the mountains of the west have a higher chance of a white Christmas. And I'll break this down. We're all screwed. It doesn't look good for a lot of white Christmas. It does not look good at all. It, it seems to be that we are going to have no white Christmas this year in most of the country, which really sucks. My daughter is one of the lucky ones. She's going to have a white Christmas. We were to have a dusting it came yesterday. It wasn't a dusting. It was a little bit. But at least we got a sea snow, which made me feel good. Touring around to get this show together, I found one of the coolest things ever. And I dog Google on here non-freaking-stop. I hate Google. Politics. And you just heard my phone beep because I said, I hate Google. <laughs> and my Google Home just turned on. That's what I hate about them also. They're always listening to you. I could be watching TV and I start to search something. Like yesterday I was searching King of Kings and the 61 version came up. There are two movies. Why the hell would that one? Oh, because they're listening and they knew I was watching it. But then another subject. But they came out with a Christmas commercial that going back to the childhood with my children. Sweet googly goo. This was wicked awesome. Mom? Dad? Hey, Google, what's on my calendar today? You have one event called House to Yourself. Oh, yeah. Hey, Google, add aftershave to my shopping list. Hey, Google, remind me to clean these sheets later. Okay, I'll remind you. Too bad AC. Someone's at the front door. What do I owe you? Looks like you paid online. Keep the change, you filthy animal. Okay, cool. Hey, Google, turn down the temperature two degrees. Hey Google, begin Operation Kevin. Operation Kevin underway. You will get a feeling when you hear Better get out of here before somebody sees us. My kids love that. Of course, that's Macaulay Culkin, Home Alone, doing a few things. Uh, he tweeted, hey, Google, have you ever wondered that what Kevin McAllister is like as an adult? Me neither. But just in case you're curious, you should totally watch this ad. And I thought that was precious. It was really good. HuffPo gave us a few things because I decided to be a giving podcast host person and go into their best Christmas songs of 2018. So their list is all new stuff. John Legend, no. Eric Clapton, no, did not like that. Um, he he did a few. He did an album. Then there was the artist 
Oh, yes, Captain Kirk. Shatner came out with an album, did a bunch of cool ones, and this is one of his songs, Silver Bells. City sidewalks, busy sidewalks, dressed in holiday style. In the air, there's a feeling of Christmas. Children laughing, people passing, meeting smile after smile. And on every street corner, you'll hear Silver Bell. Silver Bell. Silver Bell. Silver Bell. It's Christmas time in the city. Wiggling, wiggling, hear them ring, hear them ring, soon it will be Christmas Day. Strings of street lights, even stoplights, blink a bright red and green as the shoppers rush home with their treasures. Hear the snow crunch, see the kids brunch. This is Santa's big scene, and above all this bustle you'll hear Silver Bells, Silver Bells, Silver Bells, it's Christmas time in the sun. hear them ring. And that's some dramatic stuff. Another one was the Dolly Rots, which was a really kick-ass punk rock song, which I thought was really good. And then there was an indie, Faux Bridger. She released her album. And this is some violin stuff that I thought was pretty damn cool. Dear 
two of you, I do I think it's kind of neat. I, you know, I'm into the Mannheim, you know, Mannheim steamroller stuff. There it is. I was crossing Manhattan transfer with that. Um, so that you know, not everything bad's over there at HuffPo. We'll go into a Christmas commercial that always gets me, and it's Toys for Tots. It was big back in the day when all the important people in the world, that being celebrities, did Toys for Tot commercials. This is a motion picture trailer. Running time, one minute, 50 seconds. You've seen many of them. Usually, they're to show you scenes from a new picture. This one is different. You're seeing the reenactment of a true life tragedy. On a motion picture set, tragedy, of course, is make-believe. The actors can walk away from it because it never really happened to them. In our own lives, we can't. We can only try to prevent it. Now, the tragedy in point is tuberculosis. Thousands of Americans died of TB last year, needlessly. These TB victims were unlucky, because TB can be prevented. And here's how. Each of us can help cut ourselves right out of the TB picture with Christmas seals to fight tuberculosis. Now, no collection is made in any theater for Christmas seals. They're mailed in a letter from your tuberculosis association to your home. And, in the privacy of your home, you decide if you want to contribute. I hope you will. And why? Because progress in the fight against TB, since the very first Christmas seal was sold, has meant a saving of more than eight and one-half million lives. Now, that's a lot of people to save from the tragedy of tuberculosis. To them, and to many of us, TB may never seem real. But to someone, every six minutes, every day, tuberculosis is something that is suddenly happening. Now, it could be any one of us. Poor, rich, race, age, or sex make no difference. These do. Answer your Christmas seal letter today. Thank you. The sand in this hourglass is rapidly running down. And while there is still time, let's help the unfortunate victims of muscular dystrophy. Please volunteer to call on your neighbors and ask them to contribute to the march on muscular dystrophy. To volunteer, send your name and address to me, Jerry Lewis, Post Office Box 950, Hollywood 28, California. Thank you.
Friends, I have something kind of important to talk to you about. You know, in hundreds of cities, the Marine Corps Reserve, through its Toys for Tots campaign, provides Christmas toys for thousands of youngsters who might otherwise be forgotten. And you can play Santa Claus to some child this Christmas just by buying an extra toy and sending it to the Marines for the Toys for Tots campaign. Thank you so much. Oh, Merry Christmas. From Mr. Jack Lemon. Christmas packages are the darndest things to do up, aren't they? At least they are for me. I guess it's just one more thing that needs a woman's touch to do just right. But you don't have to be an expert to add the perfect finishing touch. Christmas seals. You can be as good as the next man at this and be proud of it because Christmas seals are more than just pretty decorations. Every Christmas seal we use on our packages and on our Christmas cards, too, adds real meaning to our gifts and good wishes. Christmas seals help protect every one of us, every man, woman, and child, from tuberculosis. And with TB striking one American every seven minutes, it's up to all of us to fight back with Christmas seals. So, even if you're not an expert at wrapping presents, you can be proud of your job when you use Christmas seals to fight tuberculosis, to save lives. So answer your Christmas seal letter today. Elizabeth Montgomery. Boy, every Christmas it's the same thing. Crowd, shopping, lugging the presents home. I love it. And I'm having the same problem this year I had last year and the year before. Deciding what to buy for my family and friends. Well, I've discovered something that helped me and just might help you this holiday season. This is the gift. A U.S. savings bond. Guaranteed to please. And you know something? It's a successful present. Never goes out of date. Here's a gift that truly keeps on giving, pays interest to make it grow every year. Even more than that, it's an investment in freedom. I might even give one to myself. Merry Christmas, everybody. Mother's Christmas presents. War bonds. Yes, darling. War bonds. Well, gee, thanks a lot, Mom. But I, I wanted a bicycle. I know you did, Ginny. And I know that Billy wanted a railroad. But I feel that you're both old enough to realize that your country's at war and to be willing to make sacrifices for it. Just think, if Daddy were wounded, one single war stamp might pay for the medicine that would save him from pain, even save his life. Well, couldn't I have a bond and a bicycle? Yes, Ginny, you could. We could afford that. But if everybody bought everything they wanted, it would take thousands of people to make the goods and to sell them. And those people are needed to make essential things for the war. Don't you see? Maybe next year? Maybe, Billy. I know that's one thing your father is fighting for, so that we can celebrate future Christmases in peace. And that will mean that he'll be with us again. You'd like that, wouldn't you? <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Yeah. Come on. Mother has a special Christmas breakfast all ready for you. Come in. 6.30 in makeup, Miss Davis. Now the clock on the set. All right, Major. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Ladies and gentlemen, I think what the mother said in that scene I played today was right. Any bond that, that you or I give as a present is much more than a gift. It's a Christmas blessing to, to those men who will be far away on this Christmas day, many under actual fire. It's a gift of appreciation from us to them for the incredible sacrifices they're making, a gift for their future and ours. Thank you. Also threw in the war bonds. That was big back in the day where all the celebrities would do these things for the war effort for the country. And I thought that was pretty cool. I've been into this vintage thing, which we'll play something really quick for some vintage. We'll hit our TV stuff. And the vintage stuff to me is pretty badass. I mean, they did some pretty cool shows. Um, but I found an article, How Toys for Tots Impacted My Childhood. I didn't realize it at the time, but I was growing up. My family was living somewhere near the poverty line. My dad worked as a vending machine repair man throughout the most of my childhood. And like many other moms, my mom stayed home until we got older. They wanted us to have a better life and do that. They emphasized how important education was. Instead of taking summer vacations every year, we went camping an hour away. And my parents invested everything they could in sending the three of us to Catholic school. There was one year in particular that sticks out in my childhood, especially now that I'm an adult with children of my own. At that time, I had no idea that my parents were in financial trouble or how much my parents sacrificed. I didn't know what laid off meant. I didn't understand why my mom insisted on buying the cheapest meat at the store or why our family car was always an older model. But this year was different from the other years because this was the year that my dad was laid off from a job. And while I'm sure he collected unemployment, this meant that we had significantly less money coming in the house and Christmas was just around the corner. Though my parents had help from had help from extended families to help provide for us growing up, as many families often do, my dad did everything he could to avoid us leaning on government assistance. He would take extra hours whenever he could at work and side jobs, often saying there were other families out there that needed more than we did. As a 10-year-old, I didn't understand what was going on when volunteers from Toys for Tots showed up at our house with a bunch of wrapped gifts for us. They didn't tell us that someone, perhaps with the help of our, my mom, had signed us up to receive gifts that year. The presents they brought didn't have our names on them, but instead each gift was labeled with our respected age and gender. Within a few minutes, our modest tree had been fulfilled underneath with gifts from perhaps dozens of people. Though they didn't know us personally, they saw the Toys for Tot box in their favorite store and decided not to leave without donating a gift for a child in need. It's still a program. So I thought that was pretty cool story to go along with it um we've done a bunch of angel trees i did an angel tree last year in my community center helped out 50 kids um the response i got from parents crying on my shoulder because they got some presents for the kids was rather sad um god has blessed us we never had that problem um but i know of so many people that do have that problem so I guess it's the yin and yang of Christmas. Christmas is such a joyous time for some people who are having financial hardships. It's not that joyous. Um, with the Christmas music in the background, we're not going to stop for a lot of Christmas breaks. At the end, I'll do my favorite songs. 
So we're just going to drive on into TV. And we're going to start with Judy Garland Christmas. Now, if you never watched this, I've watched all the Dean Martins, all the Frank Sinatra Dean Martins, all the Bing Crosbys. I've watched the Bob Hopes in Vietnam. You can get all that on Amazon, and it's amazing watching these vintage shows. This one was pretty twisted. Um, you could tell, because Judy Garland was a drug addict, you could tell she was hopped up on something. Um, but this is, of course, her song, and this is how they started the show, and it's still a great rendition with her and her children, and they pretended that this whole show was at her house, and she just had random people come over, you know, ignore the choreographed dancing and the 50 crazy Santa Claus running in three times on the show, not knowing why they're running in. Um, but I, I think it's a taste of what the vintage shows were like, and we just don't get them anymore. We had some, bo- uh, what is it, uh, Michael Buble shows were great, Blake Shelton did a show, um, Kelly Clarkson did a show. We really liked that show. That was really good. I watched the Pentatonics this year. A little bit weird. Uh, last year was kind of weird. The first year was fantastic, but nobody watched it, so there won't be a fourth year of Pentatonics Christmas. And, you know, I don't do the John Legend thing. I, I'm not into that. Uh, once again, it's it's partly political because of his stances, but it's also because, yeah, that's not my kind of music. So, you know, I don't think Christmas should be uh, funked up, so to speak. And I didn't say fucked up. I said funked up. So here's Judy Garland's classic Christmas show from 1963. The Judy Garland Christmas Show, brought to you by Contact, the capsule with the tiny time pills. Contact for all-day, all-night relief from head cold congestion. Let your heart be light Next year all our troubles will be out of sight Have yourself a merry little Christmas Make the Yuletide gay Next year all our troubles will be miles away Once more Until then We all will be together If the fates allow Hang a shining star Upon the highest
guess we're all in the spirit of the season by now, so I'm doing what everyone else is going to do tonight. I'm going to stay home with my family, and I'd like you to meet my daughter, Lorna. Pleased to meet you. And this is my son, Joe. How do you do? Liza's out skating with her bow, but she'll be in later. And we've asked a few other friends to drop in, too. And I, Oh, I'm terribly sorry, but would you like to... I should keep you standing here this way. Come on in. Come on. Yeah, they try to make it all nonchalant, but let's be honest, nobody does it at their house. But the classic ones, if you've never watched them, once again, Amazon has a bunch of them. Yes, T- uh, yes TV, I think it is, or My TV had a bunch. Um, these, then the sets were beyond awesome. Um, and my wife told me not to put on the show, so I didn't. My favorite's Lawrence Welk. I bought it on Amazon and it has a bunch of the 50 ones. And they bring all the kids on for all the musicians and they play. And it, it's just very festive. We just don't have that anymore. I, I don't know why, but we just don't. My next TV show that's my favorite, and yes, it's a cartoon, is Prep and Landing. I love Prep and Landing. I think it is the cutest cartoon they ever came out with. Um, and I watch it religiously each year twice. When it comes on twice, I watch it. Um, just watched it this morning before I did this. Uh, they had two shows, Prepper Landing and uh, Naughty and Nice was the second one where a kid steals a uh, coal elf. So you have the coal elf concept. Santa's got these high-speed military dudes that fly in, they parachute in, they set up the landing zone. They're basically pathfinders. Um, it's as cute as shit. So here's two sound bites of that. The first one being the first show. The second is the Naughty or Nice with the Coal Elves. Enjoy. Have you ever wondered how it all gets done? How Santa gets in and out of millions of homes all in one night? Let's just say he has a little help. The operation has its challenges. But we're always prepared. Our mission statement, get in, get out, never be noticed. I'm part of Prep and Landing, an elite unit of elves getting houses around the world ready for the big guy's arrival. Someone is being very naughty. Cold red! Ah! Cranberry red! 
Friday, December 5th, one creature yeah. is stirring up more trouble than these elves can handle. Oh, ice block. And for this mission, Santa's going to need a bigger elf. I'm here to save Christmas. A coal elf? Tinsel. Together, they'll find out. Parachutes? Check. Sparkle? Check. Here's my sparkle. Who's been naughty and nice? Ah! Lanny and Wayne return to ABC. In a brand new adventure sure to become a holiday classic. Hey, Bambi! Mm-hmm. Ah! We're in the belly of the beast, my friend. One of us might die. Probably gonna be you. What? Disney Prep and Landing. Naughty versus Nice. Premieres Monday, December 5th. Best mission ever. On ABC. Another one that I thought was really good this year, and I am, you know, biased for it. I've always loved this show. I love Tim the Toolman Taylor. And yes, I watch the Santa Claus 1 and 2. I don't watch 3. It's a fucking stupid show. It's just, I shouldn't curse on a Christmas show, but it's just stupid. Uh, they did a good one on Last Mass Standing. Um, I thought it was really cute. They brought Eve back. They did some caroling. It was a stay-in family Christmas. And I thought it was just perfect. They had all these plans, and then the kids decide they're just going to stay home. And if you're, you know, my age, the joy of watching your kids and their kids decorate your tree is one of the coolest things ever. Now, in my family, we do that on Thanksgiving Day, but a lot of families do it Christmas Eve, and that was the premise of this. On Christmas Eve, they're doing the stock, the uh, the tr- Christmas tree, and all the grown kids did it with their one grandchild. And it was the grandparents just full of joy that, you know, their family was back. And, and you know, not that it's not enjoyable, me and my wife decorating our tree. We have a special traditions that we do now. And it's kind of neat to have your own thing. But there's nothing like your kids doing it. So it's a very short sound clip. And then we're going to go straight into one of my favorites. I harped about it last year on the podcast. I own it. Christmas Story Live. Now, I know Christmas Story and... I'm not playing sound bites from Christmas Story because everybody knows it. Um, Christmas Story is one of those, you know, it's like a third rail, man. You, you just don't touch that. That is a show you don't mess with. But something about this show touched me. Granted, you know, people are pissed that they had black people and all this stuff, which just feeds into the liberal argument that everybody's a bunch of fucking racists. But when you really break it down, of course, it's a Hollywood production. They're going to change everything about the Lily White 1950 family in Indiana. They're not going to let it fly. They're going to have Jewish people. They're going to have this. They're going to have that. I'm surprised they didn't do a Kwanzaa. And to be quite honest, like I said last year and I tweeted, I'm surprised that you know, Ralphie's parents weren't two men or two women that they threw the gay element in it. And one of the kids was a crossdresser. That's just kind of what I thought they were going to do with this, but they didn't. Of course, it's a Broadway play. I think it's fantastically cute. The music was top notch. Maya Rudolph kicked ass. Anna Gasteyer kicked ass. The only one that didn't, which really destroyed me was Ferris Bueller, man. I don't think he did a good job in this, but I think this is a beautiful show. So here are two um, segments. One is you'll shoot the, your eye out with, uh, I can't remember her name, but she does this incredible dance number with a bunch of kids. And then there's somewhere over there in, uh, in Indiana, and it's this cutest Christmas Eve thing where all the kids get out, and they're so excited about Santa, and they know he's in the air, and I just think it's magical. <laughs> this year's presentation of the show, they edited this out, which crushed me. I don't know why the hell they did that. Um so, anyway, enjoy this, and then we're going to go into SNL, which does have a few good ones. And no, I'm not going to play sweaty balls. 
Look at the loser, he only got a C plus. <laughs> C plus, C plus, not an A, not a B, but a C plus. The boss isn't happy, she isn't impressed. Your report came up short, so you failed the test. Ravi, you're done. That's a fact. So give up the gun, or you're gonna get whacked. What's the password? Tomato, tomato.
I toss and turn, turn and toss again. Hear the clock tick a tock, it goes so slow. Legs crisscrossing cross again. Count a billion sheep, but I still can't sleep. Right when I'm gonna bust, flip flop and readjust. Can't go to bed and said my mind begins to race. Something's taking place. Every year I wait up to hear him go home, ho home, 'cause I know somewhere hovering over in the end. I just think that's cute as all get out. So we'll go into SNL, and this year they had some great skits. Um, I'm gonna play one of them. They had a Christmas ornament one that I I just couldn't get, which kind of chapped me. But um, they had best Christmas Chris, Christmas ever, and then we're gonna play um, Bring It On Down to Rappinville. Uh, I used to love the day when Jimmy Fallon and uh, Justin Timberlake would go on that show. Uh, they were still political, but it wasn't super political, ugly political like it is now. And they had some fun stuff. This year's fair was a lost episode of It's a Wonderful Life where Trump wasn't president. So you can see that's how they started the show. And then from there it just evolved. Um, so I fast forward through most of it, but I saw um, this one that I thought was pretty funny. Yes. 
Dishes. Already done. Oh my god, you are an angel. So, did you have a Merry Christmas? Are you kidding me? That was the best Christmas ever. Really? Babe, I had a smile on my face from the moment I woke up. Just full of Christmas cheer. Well, I had a perfect day. Me too. I mean, this is gonna sound corny, but I don't know if it was you and the kids. You're not adopted. She's not adopted. Why would you tell her? Or the family being here. But I definitely felt some Christmas magic today. <laughs> I absolutely love them. Come on, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Best Christmas ever? <laughs> Best Christmas ever. in our senior center. Now let's drum up some business here. <clears throat> Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing all the plains blue Ria, your gift wrap will pay for Old people to ice skate It's a
that platinum chain with them diamonds in it. Make a big one for that Benz with them windows tinted. What in the world is in that bag? What you got in that bag? Yo, yo, the someone said bag. Okay, so yo, you two need to scoot your packages. Shut up, mom. We are professional rappers. We offer a wide range of services from traditional gift wrap, which is tasteful, to gift bags, which are not wasteful. Can you handle that? Well, can you? Maybe you can handle this. The bag is about an evolution. Go with the roll, it's my favorite solution. Bag down, tissue up. That's the way we wrap it up. Bring it on down around and round. Okay. Okay, well, guess what? You're not. Holy moly, you are not the only one who can drum up business with some pop tunes. Got it? Check this out. You didn't have to wrap it up. It was wine, so it only really needed a ribbon. No, no, no. Don't be starting a rap war. Yeah, you don't want to be starting a rap war. Because you, you got to be, be starting a rap war. You got to be starting a rap war. So you think I want to be starting a rap war, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, look. All right. Truce, okay? We should all work together. We're all on the same team, right? Yeah. yeah. To be honest, I used to compete with Doggy Bag over here. But one day I needed a gift sack for some playing cards. I was giving my uncle. And so he sacked his deck. Yeah. Uh, sir, what are you saying? I'm saying that I had a deck that needed sacking. So I sacked his deck. Yeah. He's actually, actually a very skilled deck sacker. Okay, well, I have been divorced for seven years, so I haven't sacked a deck in a long time. Take it down, lady. Tone it down. Please, please. And listen to this. <laughs> Speech is my recital. I think it's very vital. To rap a gift that pretty. It's with his trick, his trick, his trick, his trick. Bring it. Look at my This is rapping. 
those are funny. But this one was my favorite. It is still my favorite. It was a silly song. Back in the day, they would do Season's Greetings from Frankenstein, blah, 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 and Tonto. And it was just dumb shit. And then they came up with this with Jimmy Fallon, Catan, and Horatio Sands. Christmas time song. I don't actually know the real name of the song, but I thought this was really cute. So we'll play this one. We're going to play a song and go into a break because I want to be able to set up and get ready for uh, Christmas movies. So we'll play one music break. This is going to be Snowfall, one of my favorite songs, the very old version of Snowfall. And then we'll come into Prancer, uh, a cute movie. That'll be the first sound bites in our Christmas movies. Season's greetings from all of us here at Saturday Night Live. One. One, two, one, two, three, four. Christmas time is near I don't care what your daddy says Christmas time is near All I know is the Santa sleigh Is making its way to the USA
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reid. Somebody's gonna make a happy trip tonight while the moon is bright. He's gonna have a bag of crazy toys to give the corners of the girls and boys so day. Santa comes on day. Santa to come and get him. The moon is full. And it is Christmas Eve. Listen. Maybe he'll hear his bells. Goodbye. 
Remember me? Everybody's into Christmas movies. We will do the Die Hard at the very end of this bad boy. But I love Prancer. I think it's a fantastic movie. Then you have your classics. White Christmas and Holiday Inn. On this day of independence, on this independence day, listen to an American troubadour from the USA. Holiday Inn. Never has there been such a show as this. From Easter to Christmas, from the 4th of July to Thanksgiving, there's a song for every holiday and a holiday for every song. I'm dreaming of a Grandest lady in the Easter parade. USA is united thanks to one whose name was Nancy Hanks. Abraham. Abraham. You're easy to dance with. Not my watch you're holding, it's my heart. But my favorite all-time has to be It's a Wonderful Life. I love It's a Wonderful Life. Growing up, I never watched It's a Wonderful Life. Never saw it. And, uh, excuse me, I got a pet a puppy. He's just a little guy. You want to say hello? Say hello. Say hi. You want to say something to him? Say whoop, 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 whoop. Anyway. Yeah, we got a bijou, frisier, whatever the fuck for the wife because she wanted a puppy. So Santa brought it early. And as I told you on the last podcast... He's a yapper, so when I listen to parts of the last podcast with the yapping, decide he's going to be out today. He's running around the house, tearing things up, and looking at me crazy while I'm talking in this mic. Um, where was I at? Growing up, I never watched It's a Wonderful Life. It wasn't a big thing, of course, until it became um, public domain. Somebody didn't do the paperwork, and so the company that had the rights to it lost the rights. And the next thing you know, it's on every local television station on the planet, playing at nauseum. I remember the first time seeing it, I was just newly married, getting the baby's room ready in our home in Fort Sill, and I watched on a black and white TV. Um, of course, it's a black and white movie. But there's so many good scenes in this that I'm just going to play a montage. We're going to play the Buffalo Girls. We're going to play the phone scene. 
We're going to play Welcome Home, Mr. Bailey, which makes me almost cry every freaking year. And, of course, the ending. Teacher says, every time you hear a bell ring, an angel gets its wings. Mary, I know what I'm going to do tomorrow and the next day and next year and the year after that. I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. Then I'm coming back here and go to college to see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields. I'm going to build skyscrapers a hundred stories high. I'm going to build bridges a mile long. Were you going to throw a rock? Hey, that's pretty good. What'd you wish, Mary? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Can't, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo gals, can't you come out tonight? Dance by the light of the moon. What'd you wish when you threw that rock? Oh, no. Come on, no. tell me. If I told you, it might not come true. What is it you want, Barry? What do you want? You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it and pull it down. Hey, that's a pretty good idea. I'll give you the moon, Mary. I'll take it. Then what? Well, then you could swallow it. And it all dissolves, see? And the moonbeams that shoot out of your fingers and your toes and the ends of your hair. Am I talking too much? Yes! Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? How's that? Why don't you kiss her instead of talking at her death? Want me to kiss her, huh? Oh, you just wasted on the wrong people. Hey. There's an old friend of yours here, George Bailey. <laughs> yes, old Mossback George. Well, well, just a minute, I'll call him George. He doesn't want to speak to George. Just so he asked for him. George. George, Sam wants to speak to you. Hi, Sam. Well, George Bailiofsky. Hey, a fine pal you are. What are you trying to do, steal my girl? Oh, well, what do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Here, here, here here's Mary. Here, you can. You can. I am not. We can both hear. Come here. We're, we're listening, Sam. Rochester? Well, why Rochester? 
Well, I don't know. Why not right here? You remember that, uh, that old tool and machinery works? Well, you tell your father you can get that for a song. All the labor he wants, too. Half the town was thrown out of work when they closed down. Money? Yeah. Well, a little. I'm here. He says it's the chance of a lifetime. George, George, George.
Get me back to my wife and kids. Help me, Clarence, please. Please. I want to live again. I want to live again. I want to live again. Please, God, let me live again. Hey, George! George! You all right? Hey, what's the matter? Now get out of here, Bert, or I'll hit you again. Get out of here. What the Sam Hill are you yelling for, George? You... George. Bert, do you know me? Know you? <laughs> you kidding? I've been looking all over town trying to find you. I saw your car piled into that tree down there, and I thought maybe you... Hey, your mouth's bleeding. Are you sure you're all right? What you... <laughs> My mouth's bleeding, Bert! My mouth's bleeding! Zuzu's pedals! Zuzu! There they are! Bert! What do you know about that? Merry Christmas! Well, Merry Christmas! Merry! Mary did it, George. Mary did it. She told me. 
chosen people, you were in trouble with it. They scattered all over town collecting money. Didn't ask any questions, just charging trouble and tell me you didn't have to do it. Like a spread like fair. Another run on stage. Here are yours, Merry Christmas. There we are, the Lion Farms on the right. From London. Oh. Mr. Gower cabled you need cash. Stop. My office instructed to advance you up to $25,000. Stop. Oh. Hee haw and Merry Christmas, Sam Wainwright. Oh. telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast. <laughs> to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. <laughs>
Now this year, we've got a new one. It's a Christmas Chronicles. I can't get any sound bites for it, but I talked about it on the podcast, and for those who didn't hear that podcast, this answers every question a kid could ever ask. It is fantastic. I love it. And I'm buying it whenever I can get it. But it's a Netflix movie, so I don't know how the hell I'm going to get it. Um, We're going to watch it again today for our Christmas show. And then we're going to watch a Broadway performance of Holiday Inn on Great Performances on PBS. Because I've done watched all the Christmas shows I can watch. So, this is going to be our send-out. We're going to come back into Military Corner. Let's see. Let's spin the dial. What Christmas music are we going to play? We played that. Um... Let's just play the Christmas song by Nat King Cole. One of my all-time favorite songs. It is The intro alone is fantastic. So, this is the Christmas Chronicles. Out to the Christmas song. Come into some military corner. Let's get this party started. Show off! Dear Santa, this is Kate Pierce. I've been really good this year. I just say bad words every now and then, but that's only when my brother Teddy makes fun of me and I lose my... I mean my temper. Let go, you're gonna break it! (laughs) Who cares? This camera's like 20 years old. I have to work. It's Christmas Eve. You're gonna stay home with your sister. We should make a video. Maybe we could get a shot of Santa Claus. You really have no clue, do you? Nobody's ever seen Santa Claus! Tell me you're getting this. Do you realize how big of a deal this is? We need to get a closer look. Are you crazy? Duck! Can he see us? I don't think so. Hot Cupid! Hot Comet! Hold on to something! Santa Claus? Five and in person. One night only. Can you go ho, ho, ho? I don't go ho, ho, ho. That's a myth. Christmas spirit's down 35%. Half the planet's not going to get toys. So a few brats don't get presents, it's not the end of the world. People need Christmas to remind themselves of how good they can be. Wendy, you got so big. Excuse me? You know what I mean. Grown up big. Now, Wendy, we need a ride. Can you call an Uber? You think I can pay the driver with these? Imagine if we all work together. This just might work. We need to rally the reindeer. Comet. Me, Comet. And find the elves. I think I'm in the North Pole. Sleigh's busted. Can you guys fix it? Maybe we can still save Christmas. Face yourself! Show off! Less than an hour before the sun rises. Whoa. Let's get this party started. Just like wave your hand and Jedi mind trick the cop. I'm Santa Claus, Teddy, not Yoda. Okay, that's enough fun for one night. Are you listening? Comet, you can slow down! Come back here! Why must they keep drawing me like that? Does my butt really look that big to you?
Larry. Sheila. Larry, you drove your Porsche here tonight, didn't you? Yeah. Now, how would you like to trade that Porsche for a mint condition 1952 Mickey Mantle rookie card? I know you've always wanted one. Is this thing real? Oh, yes. It's a deal. It's a deal. I thought so. Shut the ballet. No, it's not. You're not trading our Porsche for a baseball card, Larry. You know what that thing is worth? You know what it's worth? Nothing. Nothing. That's what it's worth. Get out of here, you bum. Merry Christmas. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Help to make the season bright Tiny tots with their eyes all aglow Will find it hard to sleep tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys and goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child is gonna spy To see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two Although it's been said many times, many ways Merry Christmas to From one to ninety-two Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas To
Welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast with Tony Reed. and be all you can be for it's an adventure for the few, the proud, the brave in military corner. General Waverly. Sir. At ease. How are you, Captain? I'm fine, General, but... We just try to keep the general part quiet. Why? Uh, begging your pardon, sir. We ate and then he ate. We slept and then he slept. Yeah, then he woke up and nobody slept for 48 hours. jobs galore for the G.I. Josephs who were in the war but for generals things were not so grand and it's not so hard to understand what can you do with a general when he stops being a general oh what can you do with a general who retires got a job for a general when he stops being a general they all get a job but a general no one hires now, like eddie told you that song is uh, for the 151st division the officers and the men under the command of major general tom waverly i hope a lot of you guys were listening because uh, i have something i want you to do for me Thank <laughs> you. 
Loops are ready for inspection, sir. I am not satisfied with the conduct of this division. Some of you men are under the impression having been at Anzio entitles you not to wear neckties. Well, you're wrong. Neckties will be worn in this area. And look at the rest of your appearance. You're a disgrace to the outfit. You're soft. You're sloppy. You're unruly. You're undisciplined. And I never saw anything look so wonderful in my whole life. Thank you all. Every year, children around the world wait for Santa and his sleigh full of gifts on Christmas Eve. And each year, with the help of his flying reindeer, Santa completes this incredible global journey all before morning. Santa knows the skies above North America are safe as can be because one command is watching. Whatever enters the airspace of Canada and the United States, we'll see it, we'll track it, and we'll take the appropriate action. The North American Aerospace Defense Command, or NORAD, tracks every flight over the United States and Canada, and not even Santa gets a free pass. I don't know if you can see the screens up there uh, behind us, but all those little green dots are air tracks flying around the continental U.S., and there's thousands of them. But Santa knows all this. NORAD tracks his trip every year. He knows NORAD is on the lookout for anything out of the ordinary. Using satellites and advanced radar, they're able to track Santa and even provide an escort if the need arises. Santa knows the folks at NORAD take their job very seriously. At a moment's notice, uh, we have fighters uh, that are ready to scramble and get airborne within minutes. Santa's number one priority is the children and their gifts. And while that's important to NORAD as well, they're also concerned with airborne threats in the U.S. and Canadian airspace. NORAD celebrated their 60th anniversary in 2018 and has been tracking Santa every single one of those years. And as long as Santa flies over North American airspace, they'll continue to track him and every flight over the United States and Canada because that's what NORAD does. NORAD is well known for its ability to track Santa. And if we can track Santa, you can imagine what else we can track. I love the NORAD thing. I remember when I was a kid, um, or when my kids were kids, that was a big deal. And now DirecTV has this whole um, Santa tracker, and you can watch it live, play games. It's pretty cool. Article came with it. Santa gearing up to travel as the speed of star, uh, starlight with NORAD's help. Santa Claus is a few days from making his trek, the longest and most grueling trip by airborne sleigh in the history of the world. And Rudolph, plus Dasher Dancer, Prancer Vixen, Comic Cupid, Donner Blitzen aren't the only ones will have his back up there. The U.S. military satellite and sensors will watch Santa's every move as he travels the globe this Christmas, and officials at North American Aerospace Defense Command, NORAD, will monitor the flight and provide fighter jet escorts, including F-15s, 16s, F-22s, and even the Canadian CF-18, if the need should arise over North America. NORAD is well known for its ability to track Santa, said Air Force General Terrence O'Shaughnessy. And if we can track Santa, you can imagine what else we can track. For the last two weeks, Santa, who normally travels at the speed of starlight, official said, has been flying practice runs in Colorado with the help of his elves and NORAD's command and control officers. Santa has been using simulators and even gotten into a jet for test runs, giving the reindeer some rest before the long ride. And this goes on for a long time, but it's doggone cute, man. That is just doggone cute. 
other articles that were never published, other than conservative sites. Melania's behind-the-scene glance from Christmas visits with troops will make you cheer. Melania Trump on Monday shared an amazing behind-the-scene view of her multi-stop Christmas visit with the troops that will definitely make you stand up and cheer. It is an honor to be FLOTUS to be to this incredible country. and Thank you, Deputy Secretary of Defense Pat Shanahan, for joining me on all these day visits. The post also includes a clip from her stops last week at Joint Base Anacostia Bowling, Joint Base Langley-Eustis, and lastly aboard the USS George H.W. Bush Station Atlantic. She tweeted it and Instagrammed it, and I thought that was pretty cool. Every year, especially Thanksgiving and Christmas, got to cover this. Here's how the U.S. military celebrates Christmas when serving in a war zone. Santa Claus visits U.S. Airmen of the South Carolina Air National Guard's 169 fighter base and their family members at McIntyre Joint Air Base, South Carolina, and they show pictures of that. Christmas is one of the most celebrated holidays of the year. All across the United States, civilians will light up Christmas stockings will be hung, and the front lawns of countless homes are brightened by some truly impressive Christmas lights. The men in the world's militaries don't sit around. They also celebrate. They show a Christmas tree in Bagram. Some guys in uh, Afghanistan, one guy's dressed up like Santa, um, uh, Santa in an airplane, they put wreaths on the front of a freaking uh, Humvee, a, it looks like a German unit over in Afghanistan lighted up their uh, vehicle, whatever that is, I don't even know what that is. They show prayer services. They show the dinners and, of course, wreath across America for the fallen, especially national, uh, Arlington National. And then they show Marine Corps Santa coming to help. This article was from a women's site. And I don't want to get all depressy, but I thought this was pretty amazing. Uh, what I'd like to do, what it's like to be deployed for Christmas by Catherine Guthrie. As a military brat, I had my fair share of holidays without my dad around. I think it's impossible to have a military career without being deployed for the holidays at least once. And while we always felt as though something was missing when dad's loud laugh wasn't heard around the Christmas tree, we still had plenty of family and friends around to fill the gap. It wasn't until I enlisted myself that I started, really started to think about what it's like for those service members that are deployed serving all over the world during the holiday season. My first Christmas away from family was one I will never forget. Here's a story. And I'm hardly alone when it comes to celebrating the holidays in unique ways. Read on to see how service members from around the world have made the most of hard times. Lindsay, Virginia. The Muslim told us Happy Christmas while we were in Bahrain. Chuck, I spent Christmas in a hotel in Bahrain. I was surprised by Christmas trees decorating, caroling, and place full of local celebrating. Apparently, some Muslims observe Christmas just like we do. Kevin from Ohio. I spent Christmas in Oman twice, and being there, it was a Muslim country, and because of where it was located, it couldn't have felt any less like Christmas on the outside. What was important was how we felt inside the ship and the shop and the things that we did to make it count. We always decorated as much as you can decorate a warship. Amazon and care packages really helped get things to us, so the decorating decorations we had were decent. We also always had a gay gift exchange within the division. It was near, near, never mandatory, but it always seemed to bring the people together. Although in today's Navy, some of those gifts probably would have gotten people sent to mass for hazing. <laughs> Carrie in Bahrain. 
I'm currently in Bahrain, but one thing that I do with my daughter was actually her idea. She wanted to do Christmas before I left, and when I get back, since I'll be away for a year, we'll set up a Christmas tree and do it in the middle of the summer. And I've heard a lot of people do this. Um, but they go through a lot of people talking. Um, Jen from California. I've been deployed three times during the holidays. My best memory was Christmas and Thanksgiving 2014. I was on a mid-watch and got to run a turkey trot 5K with my team before eating dinner together. We shared stories of our family traditions and created a family wall in our shop. We would post pictures and cards that the family sent. And I thought, you know, that is what I remember. Um, Mine overseas were Korea. Uh, My war I left after Christmas. Um, but we set, I set up a one foot Christmas tree. I, I had hors d'oeuvres like we used to do, um, pretty much made it as much as you possibly can. I mean, sure. Christmas 1990 stuck in Korea. I was supposed to be home. I just found out I wasn't going home because the war had kicked off and we were involuntarily extended, even though we all wanted to go to the war. Um, I remember sitting in a dugout and crying. And I think I talked about this a couple podcasts in the beginning, but um, I was so homesick and I was listening to the kids talk on a tape. The snow started. And I'll never forget this. As long as I live, somebody started a snowball fight. And I looked away from that baseball field and I saw all these people throwing snowballs and I ran over there and joined the fight. The snowball fight. And for some reason, it turned out to be a, a great day. It really did. I found another one. This viral letter from Santa helps military and first responder parents. When Stephanie Lynn found out that her husband had to work on Christmas, she came up with a way for her family to still celebrate the holiday together. In a letter from Santa that's going viral, the mom explains to kids in the military and first responder families that Christmas will be happening on a different day this year. I know sometimes your mom or dad can't be home on Christmas Day because they're working, keeping us safe and healthy, the letter which Lynn shared to Facebook on December 11, 2018 read. I want your whole family to have a very special Christmas morning together. Sander goes on to explain that he and the elves have set up special delivery days for kids from December 23rd to 27th. 2018, Lynn and husband husband Brent will be celebrating with their kids on the morning of the 24th, she says. Just a second. Let me pause the puppy. He's talking to her cat. Uh, Lynn and her husband will be celebrating with their kids on the morning of the 24th, she says. There's also an other option for families who aren't able to be together during Christmas week. And it's from the desk of Santa Claus Alternative Delivery Dates. Signed, Chris Kringle. I thought that was pretty fantastic. Another one comes from a women's uh, family, uh, sorry, military spouse website. Finding joy when you're alone during holiday deployments. Last Christmas when my husband was deployed, I thought I was doing a great job staying positive, being strong, and making happy memories for our children. Nevertheless, when it came time to hand out Christmas gifts in the morning, I hit my limit and crashed. The kids were excited and jumping around in anticipation. My husband was on the other side of the world asleep because of the time difference. It was just me at home with these four crazy kids, and I couldn't handle any more joy and excitement without my husband there to share it. A wave of exhaustion and depression sent me huddled onto the couch. In a moment I am not proud of, I covered my head with a blanket and curled into a ball trying to hide. 
I couldn't handle any more fake joy when my husband was so far away. I was tired of being strong, tired of entertaining the kids and taking care of their every needs, tired of answering questions from well-meaning family members. I felt so alone and overwhelmed. I just didn't want to do Christmas anymore. Yet there I was, surrounded by four young children whose faces were beaming in anticipation. For their sake, I had to pull it together and carry on. For them, I had to be strong and get the holiday. All deployments are difficult and challenging in their own ways, but deployments that fall during the holidays have an extra level of emotional difficulty. Whether it is Christmas, a birthday, an anniversary, or any other special holidays, on those days that military spouses miss their service members most poignantly, it doesn't matter how many times you've been through a deployment before, the one I just described was our seventh. If getting through deployment emotions were simple, simply a matter of knowledge or experience, I should have them figured out by now, but it never becomes easy. You never get used to being away from the one you love, and those waves of loneliness and exhaustion can knock you down no matter how seasoned you are. I think it's time for a little more honesty in the military spouse community. Instead of putting on a fake smile and pretending everything is fine, let's just go ahead and admit that this military life is something difficult. It is demanding. It is exhausting sometimes. It just doesn't feel fair. Can we please just admit that it's hard going through life constantly separated from your spouse? Can we acknowledge that it's okay to feel less than 100% enthusiastic and patriotic sometimes? None of us are perfect and no military spouse should be left to feel that they carry a burden alone. If we are honest, I think we will see that everyone struggles sometimes during military life. And I think we will also realize that we are all better off and we support and encourage each other. You don't have to have your own life completely figured out to bring a little bit of comfort to someone else's day. Sometimes what spouses need to hear most is comforting voice that says, I know how you feel. I've been there too. And it's so difficult. But we also need to see a light at the end of the tunnel. We need to hear someone say, I've been there and this is what helped me get through it. On this holiday last year, when I was huddled on the couch under a blanket trying to find a small reserve of inner strength, there was one thought that brought me comfort and helped me snap out of my loneliness. I realized that I was not alone, even though I felt alone and my spouse was thousands of miles away. I realized that many other military families were also going through a deployment holiday. I thought about military families who had been through longer deployments with less communication. Together, we were all embracing the suck and doing our best to carry on. I realized that the loneliness of deployment was not mine to carry alone. It was a burden I could share with the entire worldwide population of service members and families. And once I saw it that way, the weight of deployment became much easier to bear. I felt relief that I didn't have to do this all alone. I took off the blanket, I got off the couch, and I found the energy and patience to share genuine joy with my children. This year, my service member is home with us for the holiday, but I will never forget the challenges I faced while he was away. Supporting military spouses and loved ones through the deployment is a cause close to my heart. I think when we share our burdens and solutions with each other, everyone's difficulties become easier to handle. I have created resources to encourage military families through deployment. Learn all about them in my Deployment Masterclass. If you're looking for deployment support, I hope you will join our community. I thought it was fantastic. I know my spouse at the end of 20 was broken. She just broke the last six months. She just couldn't do anymore. I had the 18-month deployment when we had a 18-month-old child and a newborn, and she had to do that. 
I had all the schools that I had to leave, regular deployments just for training. And then you hit the 2000 and I'm in Korea for 12 months. I come back. I go to JRTC. Or I, I go to war uh, like four months later. I'm gone for eight months. I come back. I go to school. And then I go to the National Training Center for two years. So she basically had a four-month stint or four-year stint where she was by herself. And by the time the end came, she just didn't have it in her anymore because she didn't have a support group. There were support groups, but it just wasn't something she was into. Um, so that's why I always say that the military wives, what they go through, what they have to endure for this country is just like the service the soldiers have to do. Um, it's very hard to have to hold the family together by herself because um, she was everything. She had to fix it, pay it, budget it, get me money. I mean, it was tough. It was a tough time. So I wanted to touch that because right now, as I'm sitting there fat and happy in my home, their family's deployed, whether it be on ships, the thousands of bases we have all over the world or in the war zones. And I hope all of us take time on this holiday just to stop for a second and say a prayer for them because it's not easy. Um, it's just not easy. So into our lighter fare. And it starts on Twitter. For years, the great debate has flamed on about whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and both sides of the argument are pretty freaking intense. People who believe it is a Christmas movie really believe it is, and those who do not are wrong. Wait, sorry. Those who do not really believe it's not, and they're wrong. I mean, wait, sorry. Anyway, Mary Catham Ham finally put the argument to rest in a fact-filled thread explaining why the movie is totally a Christmas flick. Her tweets... Establishing scene of the entire movie is McLean pulling a giant Christmas present out of the overhead bin and announcing that the captain and crew would like to welcome you to Los Angeles. Have a Merry Christmas. Segway with jingle bell sound effect cut to Christmas party. Christmas party. Not a birthday party, not an office party, not a wedding party, a Christmas party. Furthermore, the establishment of the holiest character in the phone conversation with her daughter from the Christmas party, warning her not to snoop around for presidents, presents, and includes a reference to Santa. I mean, come on. And not that the internet needs me for this, but since we're on the subject, perhaps the strongest argument against Die Hard as a Christmas movie is that it's a theatrical release was July, not December. So it was not intended as a Christmas movie. So the haters say, but I have news for you. Hocus Pocus was released in July too. And I dare you to claim Hocus Pocus is not a Halloween movie for this reason. These studio economic decisions are not defining. The movie content is also the middle, which I hasten to remind you all happens at a Christmas party. Includes iconic, now I have a machine gun, ho, ho, ho. And the movie ends with Christmas is Hollis. Not to mention the theme of a misfit man of duty with notable impaled feet putting his life on the line on Christmas for a bunch of people who reject him. But sure, it has nothing to do with Christmas. <laughs> Somebody responded, okay, let's put this away. Home Alone is considered a Christmas movie. It's the same movie as Die Hard. The same movie. Dude, theft, run around, fighting the bad guys. Exactly. Look at it this way. The party could have been... For any reason at all, the Nakatomi building was new and they had just gotten it really up and running. They have just closed a major deal that day, but the filmmaker very conscientiously set during a Christmas party. It's a Christmas party. It's Christmas. It's Christmas time. But as in all things, a conservative woman, no, she can't settle it. So we got articles. 
What makes Die Hard a Christmas movie? As far as there can be any objective way to classify what counts as a Christmas movie, Die Hard meets those requirements. An actual article! The 1988 action classic Die Hard, starring Bruce Willis and late Alan Rickman, has become standard holiday season viewing in the 30 years since its release. But the debate remains, is it really a Christmas movie or just a movie that happens to be set at Christmas? Of course, that question ultimately doesn't matter much. It's only a matter of genre, which has really no bearing on either our enjoyment or understanding of a film. That said, as far as there could be an objective qualification for a Christmas movie, I'd say Die Hard meets it. What counts as a Christmas movie? Since the question hinges on there being a difference between a Christmas movie proper and a movie set around Christmas, it seems that a Christmas movie proper is a film that has some thematic elements of Christmas as a central part of its story, which also linking this theme with the Christmas holiday itself. For instance, generosity and kindness are Christmas themes. But a film is not a Christmas movie for featuring them, only if they are linked with Christmas season. So a Christmas movie is a movie specifically about the Christmas about Christmas, and that the related idea of love, generosity, family, and so on. Miracle on 34th Street is a Christmas movie, not only because it's set during Christmas and features Santa Claus, but because it's all about putting innocent generosity and kindness ahead of modern cynicism and consumerism. The Allure of Greed. The film, as most of us well know, follows New York cop John McClane as he flies out to Los Angeles to visit his family. He is separated from his wife, Holly, who moved to L.A. to take a lucrative job at Nakatomi Corporation. Soon after he meets her at the company Christmas party, the building is taken over by terrorists, led by intimidating Hans Gruber, who are looking to rob the high-tech vault of half a billion dollars. One of the perennial temptations of Christmas season is losing sight of the actual meaning of holiday and becoming too preoccupied by the materialistic desire for gain. And then they go in to break down that that's... You know, it's kind of like Dickens if you think about it. Even the police and terrorists are in on it. The same pattern plays out in, in the police, FBI, and press. It takes a long time for the police to even understand that John's frantic calls for help are genuine. And when they do show up, the arrogant police chief mindlessly throws expensive high-tech and obviously unsuitable equipment at the problem. Later, the FBI agents simply follow the anti-terrorist playbook and callously shrug off the possibilities of losing a fair percentage of the hostages. All the time, the press is only too happy to com- commoditize disaster with sensationalist coverage, like interviews with self-promoting and hilariously inaccurate expert, and forcing the McLean children into a live interview. None of these characters, except John's contact Al, seem particularly concerned with the, their duties. The police and FBI show little concern for the hostages they're supposedly sworn to protect instead of showing more concern for their careers and ego. The same is true of the press who don't care about informing the public but about what they can get out of the situation. It's just like how John and Holly McLean each selfishly pursue their own careers and expense of their family. This is a world where everything from family and marriage to the law to Christmas itself is automated and commoditized, not done for real passion or principle, but for what could be gotten out of it. This is a very fact much more than their weaponry is what gives Hans and his men so much power. Hans knows full well how both the police and the corporation think and how to exploit them. I can't read any more of this. Oh, Jesus, they took this shit so seriously. Contrast with the Christmas spirit. A bunch of people literally go crazy about it. And I have to say, at the very end, even Fox got involved. And they tweeted out a trolling tweet. 20th Century Fox. To prove, finally, Die Hard 
is a Christmas movie. It's Christmas. This is John. Nice bear. He just wants to spend Christmas with the family. Is Daddy coming home with you? We'll see what Santa and Mommy can do. But when he gets stuck at the office party... Merry Christmas! It'll be a holiday... Merry Christmas! He'll never forget. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Welcome to the party, pal! This Christmas... It's a time of miracles, so be of good cheer. Only John can drive somebody that crazy. Get ready to jingle some bells. And deck the halls. With bows of Bruce Willis. Mount the coast, we get together, have a few laughs. Alan Rickman. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Together in the greatest Christmas story ever told. I got some bad news for you, Dwayne. Hans. Bobby. Eat it, Harvey. Holy shit. I'm starting to get a bad feeling up here. Merry Christmas. Die Hard. This is their idea of Christmas. I gotta be here for New Year's. <laughs> so I think that settles it. It's a Christmas movie. It is a Christmas movie. Want to do one serious thing that... I think goes within my closing of this podcast. And if you notice, I didn't say what was the best Christmas movie, show, whatever. Just mine. Just kind of get some holiday cheer out there. It's not the greatest podcast ever, but I love Christmas. And I think covering this way is kind of a fun way to do it. And it is Christmas Eve. So if you listen to it and get a couple chuckles, I hope you do. Um, if not, then, you know, next year I won't do it. We'll, we'll see how the, the listening goes. But... Uh, this holiday season has been especially crazy with the baby it's cold outside, don't wish me Merry Christmas, and all the craziness going on. And, and the article I read on last podcast went viral. It was huge. Everybody was talking about it. And Washington Post put it out. So I went to their site, and I decided to do a response that got a bunch of positive, surprisingly, replies on it. I want to read it. And then I'll go into the close. 90% of Americans celebrate this holiday, either secular or non-secular. And some goes, same goes for the other word policing your ilk do. We expect 99.0% of Americans to cater to the 0.7% of Americans who are trans with the 95 and counting pronouns for ever, every ever-changing gender you come up with. In that case with repercussions for the accidental misuse of he, she, and as Apple said, big punishment for doing so. When, it's, when is enough enough? You and the progressive movement, including this paper, word policing for cause, or is it what most Americans believe, nothing more than a way to shame every American and shut them up for not voting the way you want for the party you hold dear, the DNC. In the end, I truly believe the push to jack up Christmas with gender-neutral Santas, faux outrage over song lyrics, and your incessant whining about greetings. Before I die, we will no longer celebrate this holiday, and those who do will have to do in quiet, for progressives will deem it an offensive holiday that participants who do not vote for the DNC can be punished for. Already, our main networks show very little religious Christmas. Charlie Brown is the only one that references it, and briefly. 
soon to be edited out by Apple, who owns it. Everything else is about snow and Santa. So how is that as oppressive as you say? I am at a loss to find how that is oppressive. In the end, it is you who is intolerant. It is your movement that is intolerant, who takes greetings and salutations and pronouns to punish the Americans you deem less fit for your country, which you hate whenever the GOP is in the White House, and then try to reconstruct whenever your party's in office. Small, petty people mince words and require everyone to think their way. Adults learn to live with other people and stay out of their heads and not to take everything as an offensive statement. You and most progressives since 2016 are those small but petty people who want to destroy a happy holiday, and I feel sorry for you. That might seem melodramatic, but we're getting to a point in our country where everything is offensive. People find offense an offense. I mean, seriously, they're offended. I'm offended by the offense, so I'm, I'm part of the problem. I mean, everything is offensive. Every word is minced. Everything we do is checked against the latest liberal slide rule that is so hard to keep up with. And Christmas being a event that is either celebrated for religious purposes or celebrated partially for religious purposes or celebrated for no religious purposes offends somebody who doesn't celebrate that holiday. I mean, each year under Trump, each year under Bush, we saw things like this. And then we saw a president who just said happy holidays when the Democrats were in office. And I do feel... Before I die, you're not going to see a lot of Christmas stuff. I mean, really to sit down and look at Christmas as a child to Christmas now. Less movies on TV, less shows about it, less music being put out. Seriously, I mean, who puts out music anymore? It's a dying holiday. That seems melodramatic, but it is because we have a party in power that spends most of their time and I say they are in power because they own the media, dogging everything traditional. In the end, Christmas is about joy and being kind to other people. And as the songs always say, the reason why I love Christmas is it just seems everybody's a little happier, a little nicer. They say hello. They have smiles. There's some excitement. People decorate their houses. To try to brighten up the mood. You know, I, I I got butt hurt this week. I lost a competition. Which, I didn't know it was a competition. So I don't know why I got butt hurt that I lost a competition that I didn't know was a competition. But my neighborhood did a competition for lights. And of course it was done on the other side of the neighborhood, far away. And that house won with like six votes. And nobody voted really. And I think I got two votes. Two or three votes. And I put it on this huge display. So I'm like, oh man, that kind of sucks that, you know, I have this gigantic display. I go through all this work and nobody even looked, but not a lot of people voted and it was just silly. And it was all for naught when a lady who won it said, every year I bring my kids to your display and people drive by. And then I started to think about all the cars that slow down at night and we're out with the dog, the little dog in the front yard. They're driving slowly by the house. And they're looking at the lights. 
And that's what it's for. It's not for an award, which was not really an award. It was a bunch of coupons. Some free buy one, get one free coupons. You know, you weren't winning anything. My win is that I bring a little joy to some children. And they see the house. My wife remarked yesterday, slowly but surely, that's starting to leave. She had four separate instances, arms full, trying to walk out a door, and people shut the door in their face, in her face. And they were men. And that's this is usually the time that people do it. So I hope it doesn't come to a point where we start to ferret out everything in Christmas. And it's, you know, you can't call it a Christmas tree. You have to call it a holiday tree. And you can't put angels on your tree. And you can't put any nativity scenes out in your front yard because it offends people. Because if you can look past the religious aspects of this holiday, the kindness and the joy and everybody just being a little happier, that's why we like the season. It's not the gifts. It's not the socks you'll get or the tin of popcorn. I got two this year, which I'm excited about because I love popcorn. That's not what the holiday's about. Kindness, joy to your fellow man. And I say... We need more Christmases. We need to have two or three of these during the year to try to turn people to be a little bit kinder, a little bit nicer. If anything, not less. So, this is my Christmas Eve Christmas podcast. And this ends another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Please feel free to share this with family and friends and send comments or suggestions for segments to F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Podcast gmail.com. You can get this show on SoundCloud, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, Blueberry, and Stitcher. Remember to check out the Flyover Politic webpage at F-O-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Dot com, foppodcast.com. It's a theme. There you say links to feeds for the show, links to our Facebook page, and to email us. And on the episode release page, see a link to every episode. So I haven't done it like the last four. They'll be going away in March. I will not have a uh, website anymore. We're going to shoot for a podcast uh, on the 20... Well, let's see. Why don't we do the 31st? Going to do the end of the year. Try to find some positive in it. Not going to do a long one like I did last year, which was recapping the 2016 and the gnashing of teeth and all the craziness. But we'll just do an end of year. 2018 in a nutshell. It'll be a short one. And then we'll go into 2019 and hope that these podcasts get less angsty because maybe our politics will get less angsty. But I highly, highly doubt that. Since it is Christmas Eve, I wish every one of you a very Merry Christmas Eve. I hope you're surrounded by family with the tree up. Watch It's a Wonderful Life. It's on NBC at 8 o'clock Central. So I think that's like, or 7 o'clock Central. So it's 8 o'clock Pacific and East Coast. Drink yourself some eggnog or a hot toggy or my favorite, which I'll be drinking tonight, a Winter Jack. Oh, so delicious. Have yourself some cookies. And make sure you hang up your stock stockings with care. 
get in bed because Santa's coming. And I hope you have a beautiful Christmas tomorrow with your family. I in my house are going to have ham, cheddar biscuits, macaroni and cheese, and green beans. We're going country Christmas. We've never done this. We usually have an Italian Christmas, but we're going to have a ham. I got a big old cured ham. Oh, it's going to be delicious. But I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. I hope you got some joy out of this. And tune back in on the 31st, and we'll do a year in review. Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening, and take care. Instead of our ending music, we're going to go with my other favorite song, White Christmas by me. Of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear Labels in the snow I'm dreaming Of a white Christmas With every Christmas card I write May your day Merry and bright And may all your Christmases be Christmas card.